0: I would like to welcome all those joining us online today. I'm Pastor Zach, and Shelly and I have the privilege of leading this great group of people called Connection Point Church. Um, and thanks to Pastor Bill for starting Connection Point Church. Yeah. Pastor Bill, where are you? Yeah. There we go. Thank you, brother. Um, we're going to spend some time with him this afternoon. Uh, we're, in September, we're going to share a, kind of a, a bit of a relaunching for the church as we look at vision and what God's been speaking over the church. Um, But it has been such a joy to talk with their, so I'm the fourth pastor, um, Pastor Bill, Pastor Don, and Pastor Ted, but to talk with them, to understand what God was speaking to their hearts as they were here, and to understand that's what he's been speaking over the church for 33 years, and we get to continue to be a part of that. Um, It's just an incredible, incredible thing. Uh, If you're new to the church, if you've been here just the last six months or so, today we have a newcomer's lunch, and I'd love to have you there. Uh, Maybe you had lunch plans, cancel them. You've got free lunch in the dining hall. It's always a great lunch. Um, I even told them this time, I said, guys, just do like pizza and, and, and stuff, you know, and they're like, we can't do that. We can't serve pizza. So it'll be a good lunch. It won't even be pizza. Uh, so I just, please come. We'd love to have you there to, uh, for you to understand a little bit more about the church and we'll talk about when the church started and, and you get to meet the pastors and, and we want to get to know you. And I tell you, on a Sunday morning, even on Main Street, it, it's hard to really get to interact with people there. But in the dining hall, it's, it's a space where we get to do that um, a bit more intimately. So please, if you're new to the church, I'd like to encourage you, please come. Um, well, if you're, if you're new to the church, I may have already recommended a book maybe even last week. But I really enjoy learning. This is why I enjoy reading. And I like other people to learn, so then I give them books too. But we do live at, a, at an incredible time in history where you can learn about anything that you want to do and through pretty simple means. Um, was, uh, Nate, our, our oldest, he's 10, he's wanted to play drums for a while. So we finally decided, all right, so we've rearranged the house and we set up a space where we could put some drums. And so I ordered a drum kit. I really don't know anything about drums. And so in this box, it's kind of like a starter kit. Well, I thought it would come a bit more assembled than it did. No, In fact, when I only saw the one box... And I knew it was a whole set. I'm like, oh man, I know what that means. I've got a lot to put together. But sure enough, you go online and I think it was like Pearl Show. It was, I don't know. So it was a Pearl drum set. And so uh, sure enough, online, they walk you through video by video. And I put together a whole drum set. I understand now what it takes to tune drum heads. It's amazing what you can learn. Um, anyways, that's just kind of the way. That's the world we live in today. Where, where we really can learn... Amazing things by the resources we have just at our fingertips. If if you don't know Pastor Zach, our family life pastor, so there's two Pastor Zachs. Pastor Zach had said, you know, basically if you're confused about which Pastor Zach it is, if you find a Starbucks card for Pastor Zach, that's for him. That was one of the ways that he could discern who's who. But he he works back in our children's ministry area, runs our children's ministry, but he actually is a moderator on the website WikiHow. Um, so he works with WikiHow, and I got curious when I was looking into the message this morning, because uh, the question I wanted to answer is, how do we follow Jesus? So I thought, you know, I'm going to see, you know, Pastor Aki's on WikiHow, I wonder what they would say. So sure enough, if you type in how to follow Jesus, they have a whole webpage dedicated to that. And what was interesting is, over 100,000 people have checked that out. People asking the question, how do you follow Jesus? You can find that out. But, of course, better than the answer WikiHow gives, we have God's Word. Um, so I, WikiHow is great, but let's, let's go here first. And so we're going to look at a passage of Scripture this morning that helps us to start answering the question of how we follow Jesus. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, and I do hope you do, uh, if you don't have a Bible with you this morning, we encourage you to, to have a Bible. Uh, there's one underneath the seat, under, either underneath you or in front of you. And so you can take that one with you if you'd like. Uh, But we're going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to continue in Luke chapter 5, and we're going to be reading verses 27 to 32. Luke chapter 5, verses 27
1: to 32. On one occasion, I apologize. My phone flipped. Here we go. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with him. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance.
0: These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. Several weeks ago, we started into Luke chapter 5 under the heading of Follow Me. We started on the shores of Galilee. I read the scripture passage there. So we got to see where these events took place. And in that passage, Jesus asks Peter, Simon Peter, he says, you know, take me out so I can do some teaching. And one of the takeaways really from that passage is the understanding of we need to get off the shore and get into the boat with Jesus. It really all starts there. The challenge sometimes of people who have grown up in the church is it can be easy sometimes to simply stay on the shore. But I challenge you this morning, get into the boat and go where Jesus is going. As Pastor Bill shared, it's an incredible thing when people come together under a united heading of where God wants to take a church, and then we get to go together. Jesus is the lead shepherd. He's the one that leads us. He he carries us. He he shows us where to go, and and we have the opportunity to go together and, and get on that boat together and follow Jesus in that. So we've got to get off the shore and get in the boat. And here's what's amazing. As we do that, then what we find for Peter is is he's out there, and then Jesus, the carpenter, he tells Peter, the fisherman, tells him how to fish. Jesus can be bossy sometimes. But Peter listens, and he throws out that net, and on the first throw, he brings in a catch bigger than his boat can even carry. So as we accept the invitation to get off the shore, to get into boat, to follow Jesus, what we find is, is we experience the extraordinary. That's what happened for Peter. And then we continue, and, and so Jesus says, don't worry, you're now going to be catching men. I, I'm going to make you catchers of men. And, and what's understanding in, in that point, what Jesus is saying is, is I'm, I'm going to have you help set people free. You're going to be liberating people. Instead of catching fish and, and killing them and selling them at the market, the smelly fish, now I'm going to have you take and liberate people. That's what he's inviting them to. And so and immediately he does that. So they go out from there, and they encounter a leprous man. Jesus heals him in understanding and healing that leprous man, an outsider, that there's nobody outside of the kingdom of God. We're all invited. And then he goes from there, and he heals this paralytic. And what we find is he heals this paralytic, the way that this crowd experienced the extraordinary, the way that these friends of the paralytic experienced the extraordinary, is they brought their friend to Jesus. So this was the invitation. We have this incredible invitation to an extraordinary life, but as we accept this invitation, we can begin to ask the question, but how do we do it? I've said yes to you, Jesus, but now how do I follow you? How do I follow you with all of my heart and my soul and my strength? And that's what we find as we get into this passage. We start to get the answer. So this is only part of the answer, and we're going to keep getting that answer as we go from week to week in how we follow Jesus. And the first thing we find in following Jesus is that we follow Jesus by seeking those who are not coming into the church. We follow Jesus by seeking those who are not coming into the church. So the the setting for this passage, if we weren't here, um, now I forget, we had Mission Sunday last Sunday, so the week before that. So two weeks ago, we were carrying on from this passage. But two weeks ago, where we ended in Luke chapter 5 is that Jesus heals this paralytic man. He walks out from Peter's house, and now he encounters Levi. And the thing that stood out to me in this passage as I was doing research and looking at what are the points that we draw out from this passage and how do we apply it to our lives? Levi knows who Jesus is. There's no way he doesn't. Jesus enters into Capernaum. So he preaches in Nazareth. The people in Nazareth didn't like what Jesus had to say. So then he goes to Capernaum. He's living with Peter. And the first thing he does in Capernaum is he heals a man in the synagogue who is possessed of demon spirits. So he heals him, and then he goes and stays the night with Peter. He heals Peter's mother-in-law, and it says people are bringing people to him all night long, and he's healing them. So there's no way that Levi doesn't know the power that Jesus holds in his hands. Even here, so, so Jesus is in this very crowded house. In fact, it's so crowded that the paralytic friends, they can't squeeze their friend into that house. So what stood out to me in this passage is Levi knows the extraordinary things that Jesus can do. But he's not interacting with Jesus. He himself is not coming to Jesus. But what happens? Jesus goes out, he sees Levi, and he invites him to follow me. And what does Levi do? He responds. He answers. He follows Jesus. And the understanding for us in application of this passage is there are people in your life, maybe even people that have heard the testimony of what God has done in your life, but they're not coming to church You have Levi's in your life, but here's here's the best part. Here's the good news. If they only had an invitation, they would say yes. There are people in your life that you walk past in your workplace. People in your life that you might go on a walk in your neighborhood that you're walking past. They will never come to church on their own. They just won't do it. But if they had an invitation, they would come. So the challenge for us is who are the Levi's in your life, that if you ask them, they would respond. For us to experience the extraordinary, we need to understand how we follow Jesus. And the first part in understanding that is we need to seek those who are not coming into the church. And I don't know about you, but sometimes if we're not careful, we can look at the people around us, and when we think about the Levites, maybe you even have somebody in your mind, and you say, you know what? I could give them an invitation card. These were sitting on your seat when you came in. You're invited. I could give them that card. They actually live a pretty good life. I bet they might come to church, but that's not who Levi is. Levi is a tax collector. He's like an IRS agent. Who likes those guys, right? I mean, you're, you're in your neighborhood. You're having a cookout, having a conversation. You always ask, what do you do? Your neighbor says, I'm an IRS agent. You think, oh, That's great. You know, you have a a nice meal with them, And then later you toilet paper his house. (laughs) Okay, that's an IRS agent. Tax collectors back in the first century, nobody liked those guys. They were friends of the Romans. They were collaborators. They were basically the enemy. So when you're thinking about somebody in your life who you would probably think there's no way that person would ever make a decision to follow Jesus. They're argumentative. They're not easy to get along with. They borrow money and never pay me back. They're not good fathers or mothers. Those are the Levis. Amen. And they might just be the people that Jesus wants you to invite because he wants to redeem their lives and say, watch this. Watch what I can do in the life of a person and turn their life completely around. So the, the first challenge for you this week is you have these invitation cards. Who in your life do you walk past on a regular basis who you know is far from God But if they had an invitation, they just might come. And you won't know until you ask. When we made these invitation cards, it was kind of funny. It was a dialogue back and forth in the office. If if you have it on your seat, take a look at it. Look at the back side of that. Join me this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. My name is phone number. Oh, that's intimidating. We don't like to give out our phone number. But we have to move past the place where we're simply inviting people to where we get the mindset that we're actually bringing people. It's simple to invite. It's a bit more work to actually bring. And we need to tear down some of the walls that we've built up in our lives so that we have the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus to our world. So as you invite people, please don't be afraid to put your phone number on there. If you put the church phone number on there and they ask for Joe, we're not going to know who you are. So please don't do that. They can find out information about the church by going online to the website. Who is in your life that's far from God? Who are the Levites in your life that are never going to come into church, but if they were invited, they would come? That's the first thing we can look at this morning. The second thing is this. We follow Jesus by spending time with people who are far from God. We follow Jesus by spending time with people who are far from God what I do find interesting in this passage is that Jesus tells Levi, follow me. And then what happens? Jesus follows Levi to his house. It's it's interesting that that's the interaction that happens there. Levi is so excited about the fact that he has this invitation from Jesus to follow him. He can't help but want to share that with his friends. He wants his friends to be introduced to Jesus. And what we have found is, For the most part, usually within the first two years of somebody making a decision to follow Jesus, that's when they're most likely to talk about Jesus with their friends. But something happens after a while, and I think there's two things. Number one, I think in in the case of a Levi, where they introduce Jesus to their friends, some friends follow suit. They understand the invitation they have to an extraordinary life, and they, they take that invitation. But I also think there are those friends who really want nothing to do with God, and so then a bit of a separation occurs there. But the other thing is actually a good thing, that sometimes as we start to engage with the church, you see, God has set up the church for it to be his community in the world. We, I mean, I don't know about you, if you've gotten involved in the church at all, there's awesome people here. Shelly and I were just talking about this the other night. We were coming back from a birthday party that somebody was hosting and talking about the family that this church really is, the family that this church is for us. And so there actually is something good about the fact that as you make a decision to follow Jesus, you're invited to be a part of the family of God. And although that's a positive thing, we also can't lose sight of the fact that Jesus still asks us to be a friend of sinners. There needs to be interactions in your life where you're interacting with people who are far from God. Uh, Shelley and I, as we were uh, teaching in the Chicago area before going overseas to Africa, I was coaching football. And in coaching football, the the other football coaches, um, none of them God-fearing men, the two things that they would do is they'd go to the bar and they'd play golf. And I knew in my heart of hearts I need to be interacting with these people and influencing them, so I took up golf. (laughs) My dad and my brother had been after me for years to play golf. I really had no interest in golf. I, I just, I don't know, I just didn't like it. Um, I like basketball. I like football. I like full contact sports. Like in golf, if you tackle somebody, I'm sure that's a foul, you know? So why would I want to play golf? Uh, it's just not allowed. So these guys, uh, basically I took up golf so I could have influence in these guys' lives. Uh, and my golf game shows that I learned how to play golf with people who like to drink. My golf game is terrible. It's, it's terrible. It's awful. If you golf with me, I will make you feel good. I promise. Uh, it's not good. But I just, I challenge you where are are things that are naturally in your life where you can interact with people who are far from God. And you don't have to look very far. Your workplace is a very easy place for you to interact with people. But when you have lunch, are you only having lunch with people that you're comfortable with? Maybe I could push you out of that comfort zone a little bit. Invite somebody to lunch who you're uncomfortable with. Invite somebody to lunch who would be like Levi's friends. For Shelly and I, our our kids, we try to encourage them to play sports. And we like that for healthy living, but the other reason is it allows us opportunity to interact with local families we would otherwise never interact with. There are natural things in your life, ways that you could be involved in the lives of others. So although I want you to hold tightly to Christian community, may you also make room in your life for other people who are far from God, because that's part of what Jesus does. Um, And as we do that, here's what we're going to find. As we follow Jesus... Um, the last thing that we see here, we need to recognize our own lostness. As we follow Jesus, we have to do that as we recognize our own lostness. Part of what we see here in the life of the Pharisees is they ask Jesus, the, the Pharisees and scribes, they ask him, why do you eat with tax collectors and sinners? So here's the verse. It says, those who are well, Jesus responds to him, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners, to repentance. I really like how the New Living Translation translate this. It helps us to understand a little bit more what's going on behind there. And here's what the New Living Translation says. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous. There's the important word. I've not come to call those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Anybody here go to the doctor Just for the fun of it like you wake up in the morning you know i haven't seen my doctor for a while i should go pay him a visit at the doctor's office anybody here do that no it costs money who wants to go do that like you can check your heart rate and blood pressure at sam's club that's a lot cheaper but yet what we find in this passage jesus is making this metaphor of healthy and sick people now let me ask you about the pharisees and scribes were they without sin were they sinless were they? This is not a, trick, not a trick question. No! No, they're not without sin. But yet when you look at their statement, it's as though they're implying they're not. What do they say? Why do you eat with sinners? As though to say, they're people who are without sin. But now let's go back to Simon. Early on in chapter 5, Simon is, is interacting with Jesus in the boat. When this great catch comes on board, what is Simon's response? Here's what he says. Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. That's what it takes to enter the kingdom of God, a recognition that we all fall short. We all have sinful nature. There is no us in them, and that's sometimes what happens as you uh, get to the place where you're following Jesus. You can start to put people in categories, but there really should not be categories because we're all lost except for the fact that some of us have accepted that invitation to follow Jesus. But we also know that we can all fall short. And let me say this. Thank God Jesus is a friend of sinners. Because that's what makes him a friend of you and for me. We all are in that category. May we not put our blinders on and and begin to think that we don't sometimes ourselves fall short. I mean, think about the metaphor Jesus uses. Doctors and sick people. When I go to the doctor, I know several things. Here's the three things I know. I'm sick. I need help and I can't do it myself. I'm sick, I need help, and I need somebody else to help me. This is the same recognition we need in the kingdom of God. In fact, you know what? Let's let's look at your neighbor. You get to tell them some fun things this morning. Look at them, say, You're sick. You need help, and you can't do it on your own. I'm sick. I need help. I cannot help myself. We all need to have that understanding. That's what it is to follow Jesus. It it includes realizing that we need help. As you recognize your own failings, it makes it easier to seek those who are not coming to church. Because we also realize in following Jesus, we're not all we can be, but we know the one who can help us be the person that we're meant to be. So praise God we have that knowledge. But as we live, and immerse ourselves in that understanding, it's so much easier to be a friend to sinners because we see in them who we would be if not but saved by grace. So I encourage you, be a friend to sinners. Remain humble in your approach to God. I mean, what does Levi do? How does he respond to this invitation to follow Jesus? He starts following him, and he does it by giving up control of his life, and he starts it by serving others. So it's incredible to see in the life of Levi, his first thing, the first thing he does in following Jesus is serves others and does so with generosity because he wants his friends to know who Jesus is. Recognize your daily need of him, the same need of those who are not in church today. And as you recognize your need, be thankful you've accepted the invitation to an extraordinary life and then begin to experience the extraordinary life as you live out that invitation we have to also invite others ...to go in the same place that we're going as we follow Jesus. So how do you follow Jesus? You seek those who aren't coming to church. You spend time with people who are far from God. And you remain humble in your pursuit of Him. Very simply, how do you follow Jesus? You're a friend of sinners. Follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And know that you can be a friend of sinners as well. As we continue to examine the teachings of Jesus... ...the answer to the question, how do we follow Him... It's going to continue to unfold. As we come back next week, we get more of that answer. So what we know we have the invitation, and now we get to learn how we get to do it. And so I challenge you this week, the first step is, who is in your life? Who's a Levi that you cross paths with that if given an invitation, they would say yes? You won't know until you start to ask. But at the same time, also know Some people aren't the Levites. They're not waiting for an invitation. So don't be surprised if every invitation doesn't result in a yes. I want to be a part of of who Jesus is in your life. I see that in you and I want that for my life as well. So not everybody accepts the invitation, but it's not our job to coerce. It's not our job to determine. It's simply our job to ask. So I, I challenge you today as we go into this next week, who's going to be in this tank next month because you asked them. That's the invitation that we have and we need to look at it through that lens So this week, take that invitation card with you. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, pray. Say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see. That was the first thing Jesus did. He walked out of Peter's house and it says he saw Levi. Holy Spirit, remove the blinders. Help me to see the Levi's in my life that I have not seen up to this point. And then Lord, provide me an opportunity. Give me the strength to be able to give an invitation for them to follow you as well. How do we follow Jesus? Jesus. We seek out those who aren't coming into church. One of the words that was shared, and I feel like I lost it. Did anybody see a paper fly? Nice. We need crowd participation. In the prayer time this morning, this is what one of the individuals said that the Lord really impressed upon her heart. And I want to share that with you before we close in song. It says, I see the Lord dressed in robes of splendor and a radiating crown upon his head. He stands in a great palatial hall and welcomes us in, into his presence. And he says, come, you were clothed in rags of filth, but I have given you robes that are clean and white and of righteousness. Look, look around you. What do you see? Do you see my great hall is empty still? I ask you, will you not bring others into my presence and fill my great hall? Will you bring them with you? Ask, and I will give you opportunity. Seek the lost, the broken, the broken the poor among you. Bring them and I will give them robes of righteousness in exchange for their rags as I have done for you. Fill my hall. It is empty still. Can we do that? You have an invitation to an extraordinary life. And if you feel like I've been walking with Jesus for a lifetime and I have not experienced the extraordinary, is it because you have yet to fulfill that invitation of bringing people into his presence? Let's stand and close in song this morning. And as you're standing, I'd like to ask...